Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 21 of Revelation chapter 14, and we're going to be reading verse 10. The same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation, and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And I'll stop reading there. Now, last time we were um, discussing the word indignation, uh, which is also translated as wrath. And we saw that this is a verse indicating, of course, that Judgment Day is a day of wrath, of terrible wrath and anger, that God is angry with the wicked. Mankind has been abiding um, under the wrath of God, uh, throughout the course of history, because God is angry at the sins of men. But there's also a day of wrath that the Bible speaks of, which is Judgment Day, that God appointed to pour out his anger to punish the unsafe people of the world. And, and that's what Revelation 14 is discussing and will continue to discuss. And it's poured into the cup of his indignation, into the cup of his wrath. It, uh, the Bible uses the figure of a cup to typify uh, God meeting out his judgment of measuring uh, the punishment for the sins of mankind. Well, then it goes on to say, in verse 10, and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And he is a reference back to um, the man who worships the beast in his image and receives the mark in his forehead or in his hand, the unsaved person that is sold to, to sin to Satan. They um, are in the world or in the church, and now it's time to experience what the Bible has warned about uh, throughout its pages, the, the day of God's righteous judgment, which is a time of torment. He shall be tormented with fire and brimstone. Now, the Greek word translated as tormented in this verse, is the Greek word basiniso. Basiniso. There is a series of words in Strong's Concordance. This is number 928, basiniso. Also, uh, the word 929, 930, and 931 are all uh, related words that have to do with torment. Well, this particular word. We're just going to look at this word right now so we don't get confused. 
this particular word is translated as several different English words. And when we um, look at all the ways that this word is translated, we come to see that it is not a word that really is describing torture uh, or just agonizing misery of some kind. No, it, it's not really a word that identifies with that. When God says that they shall be tormented with fire and brimstone. Now our old understanding, our previous understanding, before God corrected us during the days of the Great Tribulation, we used to think there would be a place God would create called hell. And then on the day of judgment, God would gather all of the unsafe people, billions and billions of people, men, women, children, and cast them into this place called hell and, and throw them into a fire, fire and brimstone, where the fire is never quenched and they would burn. That was the idea that the churches taught that um, was uh, overwhelmingly believed by just about everyone, and many people still believe it today, that hell is a place of torment where you're in a fire and and it's uh, as though you're being burned up and 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 we know that fire is extremely painful uh, if anyone ever burns their little finger uh, it it really hurts and so to have your very being and body and soul cast into a fire and 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 the pain we uh, we just couldn't imagine that kind of pain uh, even physically when someone dies in a house fire it's a very painful death well we took that idea and we applied it to a word like this uh, that's found here that they're tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and actually verse 11 goes on to say in revelation 14 and the smoke of their torment ascendeth up for ever and ever and they have no rest day nor night who worship the beast and his image and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name so god allowed this belief even fostered this belief in the way that he he wrote the bible in some places and and yet it's a completely wrong idea completely false there will be no place called hell and people will not be cast into that place and suffer forevermore without end burning and burning and burning in in an awful agony being tormented in the flame that is not the righteous judgment of God that the Bible teaches about. We've been corrected. No, God will burn up this creation and burn up the unsaved along with it and annihilate them in that fashion. They will be utterly destroyed, but then they will cease to exist. They will be no more. They will know nothing else once they are cut off 
and destroyed and perish. And it is a complete destruction of the fallen creature man, along with this corrupt creation that, that God um, brought corruption upon in order to match the spiritual condition of men. God will just completely uh, annihilate everything and it will be no more. Now, uh, what, what is this torment then? Why does God use this kind of language that they that they shall be tormented with fire and brimstone? And why does the smoke of their torment ascend up forever and ever? Well, we'll save verse 11 for another study. During this study, we're going to take a closer look at the word torment. The, the, the word torment, and if we have time, fire and brimstone. Now, first of all, this this Greek word, basiniso, is found in Matthew chapter 8. Matthew 8, a couple of times. In verse 6, And saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home, sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. Now, this is... Um, a centurion who came to the Lord Jesus to have his servant healed because he was grievously tormented. Now, it's referring to palsy, which is a, a ailment, an illness, and certainly there is torment involved with that, with that illness, but it is not uh, nearly to a degree that uh, that people have in mind about that word torment and, and a place called hell. No, it's far from that. Also, in the same chapter, in um, verse 28 of Matthew 8, it says, And when he was come to the other side, into the country of the Gergesenes, there met him two possessed with devils, coming out of the tombs exceeding fierce, so that no man might pass by that way. And behold, they cried out, saying, What have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God? Art thou come hither to torment us before the time? Now this usage of the word torment doesn't really help us. It's indicating that the demons, the fallen angels, had some indication of the time of the judgment of God, and that torment is associated with Judgment Day. And that's what they're saying here. Are you coming to judge us before the time of Judgment Day or coming to torment us before it's time for that torment to be given? But it doesn't help us to understand what the torment is or or um, how to understand that word torment. In Matthew 14... Matthew 14, we read in verse 24, it says, But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And the the word tossed is the same Greek word, basiniso, that's translated as torment. Now, we can picture this, a ship uh, is, is on a sea, and the waves rise and begin to toss about the ship. 
it, uh, as they go back and forth, as the waves uh, rise up and come down. This this causes the ship um, to be tossed, and 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 again, it's it's an interesting use of the word. It, it it's beginning. Uh, it's a helpful bit of information when when we try to allow the Bible by searching the scriptures, seeing how God has used the same word elsewhere, and this. Um, permits God to define his own terms. And when when we go about um, doing this kind of search, these little bits of information are helpful to give us the overall picture of the meaning of the word. Now, in Mark chapter 6, we have um, the disciples who are also on the sea. And it says in verse 47... And when even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and he alone on the land. And he saw them toiling in rowing. And the word toiling is is again our word. For the wind was contrary unto them, and about the fourth watch of the night he cometh unto them, walking upon the sea, and would have passed by them. And so here we we get a little bit more information concerning the Greek word basiniso. The disciples were on the sea in a ship, and the wind was contrary. And this is actually the same historical situation as we read in Matthew 14, where the ship was tossed with the waves. And and so the ship is being tossed about, and they have their oars, and their trying to row, trying to bring it to land, to get out of this storm and and away from this windy sea. But they're toiling. They they aren't able to make any progress. They're putting forth a good deal of effort, and they're not able to escape the situation. So uh, this is what the word toiling is pointing to. In 2 Peter chapter 2, the same word is used and applied to Lot. Lot, we read in 2 Peter 2, verse 7, And delivered just Lot, just meaning righteous, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked, for that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. And the word vexed is this word we've seen translated as toiling, tossed, tormented, and now vexed. Lot's soul was vexed. And we have an idea, I think, a true believer would have an idea since uh, we have been given the Spirit of God, we're given a new nature, and we desire to do things God's way. Yet God has left his people in the world after salvation, and we go out amongst the people of the world who we were a part of. We were children of wrath, even as others. We ourselves have have done great evil. We have spoken wickedly. We have done uh, what others 
are actively doing. But God has changed us, and so now when we go to work or, or we're with the neighbors and and they're doing what comes naturally, they're, um, as it says here, unlawful deeds, that's what men do naturally. They They speak unlawfully, not according to the will of God. They, they could curse with their mouth or they can, um, pick an individual and, and just, uh, lambast him and, and destroy that person with their tongue. And again, we have probably done the same thing or join with others doing it with no problem in the past. Yet now, Oh, it doesn't feel right. It, it's, and, and that's because it's not right. It's not what God would have His people do. We should not uh, speak evil of others like this. And and so we're uncomfortable. We're we're a little distraught and troubled of mind. And and that's just a small example. But it is our soul being vexed. The righteous soul that God has given us. We just can't fit in the way we used to fit in with the world. And, and, and again, just like a sea, a sea could normally be calm, but now when the wind comes, it's tossed. Or, uh, the disciples, they normally have a steady uh, rowing of the ship, but when that storm came, they were toiling and rowing. It was uneasy. There was discomfort involved, trouble out of the ordinary. This is how this word is beginning to be defined. And and God uses it in Revelation chapter 9 in verse 5. And Revelation 9 is referring to Judgment Day, the time we're presently living in since May 21, 2011. And it says in verse 5, And to them it was given that they should not kill them. And this is speaking of the locusts that represent the true believers. But that they should be tormented five months, and their torment was as the torment of a scorpion when he striketh a man. Now in Revelation 9, 5, we have a couple different Greek words as I mentioned earlier, um, there's 9.28, which is our word from Revelation 14, and 9.29, which is also translated in, in this verse. But it's describing the five months, and the Bible uses the figure of five months to represent the complete duration of Judgment Day. However long Judgment Day turns out to be, which there's an excellent possibility it will be 1,600 days in length. Well, that 1,600 days is uh, typified by five months. If it would go longer, the five months would represent however long Judgment Day would be, just as the seven months in First Samuel was used to figure the Great Tribulation. As the ark of God was taken by the Philistines and in the land of the Philistines for seven months, that seven months figure represented 
the the actual 23-year Great Tribulation period. And it's interesting that God gives these two figures seven months to represent the Great Tribulation, five months to represent Judgment Day, and when we put them together, seven months plus five months, we get 12 months, which is the number of months in a year. It's one year of judgment, spiritually speaking, uh, even though, the, again, the seven months in actual time was 23 years, and the five months points to a period likely 1,600 days, which is four years, four months, and 16 days. And yet, in the figures that God gives, it's one year. And the Bible does speak of a year of vengeance. It is the year of the wrath of God. And and just as 8,400 days goes very well with 1,600 days to uh, form 10,000 days, which is the number of completeness, so seven months goes very well with five months to form one total year of wrath, of the vengeance of God upon the unsaved, uh, the wicked of the world, and the church. It's the uh, the complete judgment of God. Well, also in Revelation, in Revelation 11, we read of the two witnesses that um, are killed and their dead bodies lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt. And it says in Revelation 11, verse 9, And they of the people, and kindreds, and tongues, and nations, shall see their dead bodies three days and a half, and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves. And they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them, and make merry, and shall send gifts one to another, because these two prophets tormented them that dwelt on the earth. And this is referring back to the period of witnessing or ministry that the two witnesses had um, back in verse 5. And if any man will hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth and devoureth their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must in this, this manner be killed. These have power to shut heaven that it rain not in the days of their prophecy, and have power over waters to turn them to blood and to smite the earth with all plagues as often as they will. The two witnesses are a figure of uh, Moses and Elijah, Moses representing the law, Elijah the prophets, and together they picture the word of God the witness, the testimony of the word of God within the churches and congregations during the church age was a form of torment to the people of the earth. That's what Revelation 11.10 says, these two prophets tormented them that dwelt on the earth. Now, this is important to understand torment. How did the two witnesses or two prophets torment the people of the earth. They tormented them through the declaration of the word of God or or by teaching the Bible. God's people carried forth the message of the word via the churches and congregations. 
and the word of God spoke of sin and, and judgment and righteousness and, and the, the things of God, the, the gospel message of the word of God. And men were tormented when they heard about their sins. And when they heard that God's wrath abode upon them as a result of their sins. And when they heard about a final judgment for their sins. This, this was a torment to men. And again, no, they weren't tortured by it. They weren't in some sort of physical agony. It was a spiritual thing that brought discomfort, dis-ease, trouble of mind to the people of the world that heard the information from the two witnesses, the word of God. And that is a big help to us to understand when God says, as he does here in Revelation 14, he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. The torment, the torment relates to hearing judgment, hearing the truth of the word of God concerning the sinner. And, and that in itself is able to bring torment to the wicked. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.